We were sitting around the office one day and tried to explain what Western Oklahoma Realty was. If you had to put it in a dictionary, what would you get? What kind of definition you would get? I think I said, is it, what about, were people before property? Well, it means that you put uh, the, the person that you're working with or the family that you're working with, you put their interests first. Uh, you uh, make sure that you find the right property for them at the price that they can afford and make sure that uh, you take good care of them through the process. For all your real estate needs, give Western Oklahoma Realty a call at 225-6271. Balls spa. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be all, end all, know it all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Calc with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. Good Monday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. We'll get into some NFL football. Turns out we are them boys, Jared. <laughs> Same damn boys we are every year. Just about the time you think, this team's different. This season's going to go different. Three offensive linemen out for yesterday's game. Trayvon Diggs out for the season. And can't stop the run. Dak isn't good enough to win a game. Yep. We them boys, all right. Them boys are going to go out about the division round of the playoffs. Just like every year since two, since 1995. I think all that was in the back of our minds anyways. Like, no, wasn't in mine. It kind of was in mine. Nope. This team is actually good. Team was good when now you got injuries. Everybody has injuries. I don't I don't know. I don't know that there's a ton of teams out there that can win with three starting offensive linemen out in the same game. No. I mean that's a little rough. But yeah, we them boys all right. I'll tell you who is uh You got one one team exploding and one team imploding at the moment in the same division. Can you guess who that is? Oh yeah. Who? Uh, uh, Miami and the Jets. That's correct. Miami and New York Jets. Yes. That's correct. We'll talk about that. Uh, college football, Sooners win in Cincinnati. Defense still looks good. I know everybody's so cautiously optimistic. At what point do you just kind of go, you know what? Pretty good. Got to wait till Texas. Is that the deal? You I think that's you, what you it is. You can't make any choice. You can't make any observation about OGU until Texas. I think that's what everyone's kind of doing. That's what it is. I mean, that's when when you have such a crappy schedule, which that's all of a like sudden like the one game that's good, which all of a sudden doesn't look as crappy as we thought, at least in the as far as uh, the conference goes. Uh, BYU has a pulse. Kansas that was a good game. I'm not so sure Kansas isn't the second best team in the league. I I would not argue against second that. or third. That's going to be a who would have thought. You know, it was making fun of Texas for losing to Kansas over the last decade or so. It's happened a few times. Who would have thought that might be the game of the year in the Big 12? <clears throat> like, looking is forward that, to it. That it's this week? week. That's this week, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's true. I think it's in Austin. So you got that. <laughs> well, that doesn't scare Kansas. They've gone they've, there. They've won there before. Yeah. So you've got that. Oklahoma. Oklahoma State 
it does look like they settled on a quarterback. Uh, it what? So I was with a bunch of OSU fans all weekend. You were, yeah. I was with yeah. a bunch of them. I was worried about you. Not a ton of optimism around that program from those guys. Oh no. You know, the, one of the questions was, if you're just going to play Bowman the whole time, why would you go through the, the, the charade of having three? What was the point of that? That's what everybody thought it was going to be anyway. What I was the whole it, point of that? That's what going into it, everybody did. This kid coming in, he, he's well, had yeah. success. Weird. A little bit of success, but success. Strange. Strange stuff going on up there, man. Very, very weird. Is the ma- has the mass exodus started? That was a big talk. Of the weekend, hearing a lot of rumors. Yeah, it's a it, reading a lot of. Rumors. Was there? Well, my question was: Was there a separate bus that the ones that were leaving on left from Ames than the rest of the team? Of course not. One bus said Stillwater, one said Portal. Yeah, I think that may have been overblown a tick. Um, but the defense, just a couple of plays here and there, and Iowa State. Oh, that that game went way way more points than I thought. Were I mean, gonna honestly, be yeah, oh yeah, and and the we'll break it down, but. Quick thoughts from me was that the offense did enough. Defense couldn't stop Iowa Just State. Just a couple of bad. Of all people, <laughs> Iowa State who couldn't score. There was like two plays. That game. Two plays where they forgot to cover somebody and it, you know ended, what it felt like cost. It felt like an OU awesome. game where you're making a quarterback look good. And their quarterback looked good. What's his name? Beck. Beck. Becked. Beck. 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 He looked he looked I mean his the stats looked good. I was able to catch most of the second half. Yeah, we had three TVs on, so Wow. There was lots of football watched. Trust me, I've got college football. I watched them all. Well, good for you. I I, um, I, I caught mean, highlights, but I did catch the ending of a great Notre Dame-Ohio State game. Yeah, we'll fun. talk about it across the country as well. That was a heck of a game. High school sports, football, uh, Friday football wrap-up, you know, what happened in a couple of districts out here, and then also fast pitch and fall baseball. Who's moving on? 225-9698 is the phone of the text lines, 225 225- Nine six nine eight. Give us a call, shoots a text. We'll talk about any of those things or whatever else might be on your mind. Feel free to chime right in at two two five nine six nine eight. You can be outside the listening area. Stay in touch with us a couple of ways. Log on to kadsam.com or you can download the app. The app's got it all. It's got radio. It's got the Penny News. It's got Big Elk and Paragon TV. It's got it all. And then of course, uh, have some games this weekend. We can talk about it all week long. Skinny on Sports Podcast, also available out there. Each and every place where podcasts drop. All right, Jared, go back to Friday. Friday night, high school football, 4A1. I think it went exactly as we all thought going into that. Uh, Weatherford, Clinton, Cash appeared on paper to be much better than the other teams, the teams that they were playing. You wondered just a little bit. The back of my mind about Chickasha Weatherford because of how Chickasha dominated them last year. I realize the the teams aren't the same, uh, but some of those Chickasha guys are back. But Weatherford wins thirty five fifteen. Clinton destroys John Marshall fifty eight eighteen. Cash blanks Woodward fifty six nothing. So um, no surprise whatsoever. All, all went by chalk. Yeah, we all. I mean, at the end of the day, I think you've got three games. The first of which comes up this this Friday that are going to decide who wins the district. I think you got one game that's going to decide who gets fourth. I think you got one game to decide who gets last. This week? No, no, just throughout the district oh, schedule. Oh, throughout the district. Well, of course, Elk and Clinton this week. Is, that's the first is, of is three. the first of them. What was the second question? There's going to be another game that decides who gets fourth. Chickasha and Cash. And there's going to be another game who decides who gets last. 
Woodward and John Marshall. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, 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 yeah. I think it's. I, I think the district. Uh, this district is really almost similar to last year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the the teams, and I, I think maybe last year uh, the Elks might have been clear clearly the better the best team in the district. I don't know if that's the case this year. So there may be some difference there in those three games. But as far as the way it stacks up. It sure feels like that's the case to me. Pretty similar to what it was a year ago. It does. It does. Uh, you watch any? I was out of pocket. I, you know, Friday I night scores. was the first night where I was able to get on the mower, and it was very needed. So as soon as I got home, I jumped on the mower. But by the time I got off, and I, you know, it was still kind of a pretty night once the sun went, got behind the house, and I turned on the TV in the backyard, <laughs> and I turned it to the Clinton game first, and it was already like 20-something to nothing. Okay, well, that was expected. Uh, John Marshall's struggling right now. Um, Clinton off the bye week. But watching from what I saw a little bit of it, they uh, look sharp, look healthier, and, you know, uh, kind of picked up where they left off against Heritage Hall as far as their offense was concerned. And we could, again, break all that down when we get closer to game time between Clinton and Elk. Um, saw a little bit of Weatherford, uh, maybe a little bit of a tougher challenge on Chickasha, but Weatherford looked good. They, they look like what we kind of thought they looked like going into this season i think they might be finding their stride and, and at the right time going into district play so but they all went those are only really two i was kind of going back and forth with trying to find an entertaining game you know but they both weren't i mean that's good if you're a clinton and weatherford fan they they took care of business yeah <clears throat> all three with 15 district points all three took care of what they needed to take care of uh, and yeah you're right we'll have uh, coming up this week obviously the elks go to clinton weatherford goes up to woodward Chickasha is at John Marshall, and then Cash does play. They're out, of, they're, but they're outside the district against Southeast. Remember that game last year? How that was an entertaining game <clears throat> with yeah, Cash Southeast. Southeast. I think they hit a, they hit a hail mary to win it. To win it, Southeast did. Yeah, correct. So now it's that Cash. If I it's at Cash so, this time, yeah, that's right. Uh, like you said, we've got all week to talk about the Elks and Clinton, um, which that's clearly the game of the week as far as the district goes. In District A1, I think everything pretty well held to form as well. The one game that maybe thought could be a toss-up was Moreland and Merritt. Uh, the Bearcats handled the Oilers pretty easily, 28-6. to Texoma beats Burns Flat Deal City, 52-zip. Thomas, maybe they're coming back a little bit after a, a down year or so, 40-6 to over Sayre. Fairview whipped up on Hooker, 56-22. to So this week, Sayre and Hooker, Sayre hosts Hooker. Burns Flats at Merritt there. Surreal and Hollis, another uh, Class B game outside the district. Is I don't think they start district till uh, next week. At least Hollis in that District B one, twenty eight twenty close game. Surreal gets the win down at Hollis. So that's kind of high school football wrap up from Friday. We're gonna have plenty moving forward this week uh, to preview and to get you ready uh, for that big game over in the Tornado Bowl. It's not just football though. We've got playoffs in fast pitch softball. We've got playoffs in fall baseball. Uh, let's start with the fast pitch in Class A. They played districts this week. Rappo Butler handled Cordell twice, so they're moving on. Sealing ended up beating Canute twice uh, to move on. Hollis is moving on. Sentinel, they beat the, the host Wayne two different times uh, to end up moving on there. Let's see, Class B. Mount Bugodibo's moving on, Leedy's moving on, Hammond's moving on, Arnett's moving on uh, into the regionals. Haven't seen any brackets just yet. Those ought to be coming pretty quick. Uh, fall baseball, or I'm sorry, to a uh, regional action. 
So we get to, we get a preview of what's coming later on um, in the spring for baseball. This because the, the, the softball in the bigger classes are going to the regional, super regional, yeah, uh, thing. And both Merritt and Mangum win regionals. Merritt hosted; they beat they beat Hobart twice to move on. Mangum had to go to Hinton, and they end up beating uh, the Lady Comets twice actually on their home field. The last one in extra innings, two to one. So Merritt and Mangum both moving on to two A super regionals. I'm sure we'll have that information this afternoon. You never know about it across the state because where I was, it was rainy, rainy, rainy. So some of the stuff may still be kind of up in the air yeah. because on the east side of the state it if rained. It's not done yet, yeah. Yeah, starting like Thursday night all the way through into, heck, even last night it was still raining over there. Yeah. So there there may be some of those still kind of waiting to finish, and that may be why we don't have those yet. Uh, fall baseball in Class A, Canute goes on the road and wins a uh, district. And so they are moving on to the regional tournament, as is Hydro Eakley in Class A. And Class B, Leedy, Granite, and Hammond all move out of districts into the regionals this week. So familiar names for sure mm-hmm. as far as who's moving on uh, into the regional tournament. What, what's funny is when um, there's, say, familiar names in, in a couple of those who had kind of up and down seasons. Yeah, Canute yeah, and Leedy but, baseball but, but, weren't as good as they have been. And then but all of a sudden bam, they start they playing go. good <laughs> yeah. baseball at the right time. That's the way it's supposed to happen, right? That's usually how it works out. Yeah, Billy on the text line Friday night, in my opinion, will decide the winner of the district. I don't disagree with that. It's a big step. It's a big step. That's for sure. That's for sure. Clint looks solid. It looks solid. Going to have to tackle Collins. I th- Yeah, I got a lot of opinions. Going to have to tackle Collins. I got a lot of keys to this game. We can only give like three during our broadcast, but there's a lot. But I got a big one. What is it? A line play. Whoever can win up front. Yeah. Both sides. And Clinton's line. I know it's John Marshall, but they had a lot of success pushing around Heritage Hall. And that was, I thought it was a question mark for Clinton, was size and, and physicality up front. They looked really good against John Marshall. So, in Elk City, last two years, going into this year, two, three years, really good line play. So, in the trenches right there, and that's how football games are won. I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be a fun one. Yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah, we got all week to talk about it. We might have to reach out to Dennis. Oh, for sure. He's been good to us. Get Scott out of here a little earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Scott. Dennis up in here. (laughs) When we come back, we'll hit the uh, Western Oklahoma Realty College Pick'em standings. I finally got more right than wrong. Well, that's nice. Hi, everybody. This is David Osterloh. Many of you know me because I ran a retail business in Elk City for over 30 years. That's where I learned that if you take care of your customers, they will take care of you. So when it was time to look for a career in real estate, I wanted to land someplace that had the same principles. Western Oklahoma Realty seemed like a natural fit. Putting people before property is the same as taking care of your customers. Since I've been at Western Oklahoma Realty, I've come to understand that is how they do business. People before property is not just a hashtag, it's a way of taking care of customers. When you are looking for your next home, we will find a place that your family can call home. When you are going to sell your current home, we will find a buyer that loves your place as much as you do. 
Western Oklahoma Realty, where putting people before property is a way of life. Come see us at 602 West 3rd Street. We are in the historic greenhouse on the hill, one block west of Homeland. Or you can check out our website, westernoklahomarealty.com, or even call us at 580-225-6271. The Skinny on Sports. We've come too far! There's too much to lose! We've got to keep our composure! Welcome back, Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Hanging out here on a Monday with the Western Oklahoma Realty College Pick'em. Webtickets.com's fell off a little bit, thankfully, since we don't have any idea who that is. <laughs> Sorry if we do. Kind of scary if it's a random bot or yeah, something. Yeah, some random bot yeah. we're going to have to find a way to give money well, to. We'll just go to the next one. <clears throat> yeah, Brandon Embry. Is that the guy? That's what it looks That's like. The guy. Embry B. Bringing it up right now. Or is that Bobby? Oh, they'll let us know. Is it Brandon or Bobby? It's winning by one over a host of people. 24 and six, 26 and 14 is pretty good so far. Let's see. Yeah, 25. it is. Is that five out of every eight? 13 out of 20, so 65%. It's pretty good. Pretty, pretty good picking so far. I finally got a winning a winning week. Seven out of seven and three. Maybe huh. maybe hitting my stride. You're down there 22 and 18. You're not there. You're just four, four back. I didn't do bad this week. I need to quit putting 60. my faith in the USC's defense. Yeah, me clearly. too. That's one of the ones I I need lost. to quit staying up and watching them, hoping they lose, and then being mad when I go to bed when they win. Yeah, there's there's no – there's it's a no-win situation by picking USC to cover, Jerry. No, it's not. Because if they do, you're not that happy about it, and if they don't, then you're really mad. Their inept ability to tackle is just like it was when it was in Norman. Yeah, it looks – It's ridiculously bad. It's a. Uh, it's so bad. It's an Alex Grinch defense. It is. No it absolutely is. So bad. We appreciate Tyler, Robbie, all the gang. Western Oklahoma Realty people before property is their motto. Two two five six two seven one. Give them a call. They can help you with your real estate needs. Nine out of ten. Who's that? That was the leader. Chance Silas. Eight out of ten. Joe Ray at a t- eight out of ten. I mean, me seven out of ten is shocking, considering how bad I've been. <laughs> Moving on up, all the way. I'm I'm out of the. I'm finally out of the cellar because I'd been in that dude the entire time. Let's see who's leading the bottom. Yeah, who's in the money at the bottom? What do you got to have? Forty picks. Right? Is that what we said? 40 picks. I'm going to say BT. No, no. Paul. Paulie. 13 and 27. So that's 40 picks. He's got a one-game advantage over BT CC3. It's going to be hard to decipher. BT picks one. So there you go. 13 and 27. <clears throat> is, the, is the loser. 
J-Mac would be in the hunt, except for he forgot one week. Okay, there you go. That's a look at the standings. Western Oklahoma really college pick them. Speaking of college football, <coughs> I'm baffled by what's going on in Stillwater. I don't understand what the point of the three guys was. If you're just going to go back to who everybody thought you were going to go to to start the season. What? <clears throat> I mean, it, there was never a point through the summer, through spring, where it seemed like it, the, that job was anybody but Alan Bowman's. And then all of a sudden, like a week and a half before the season starts, you start hearing rumblings that they're going to play three guys, and you're thinking, what? Okay, well, somebody made a move in the fall. But did, could they have both made a move in a fall? Well, my, my to, Or did Bowman just fall off a cliff? Yeah, I, I just thought it was um, Gundy's way of, of, of masking who could be the quarterback as far as other teams like making up a, like, like, like making a, up a, a battle yeah, Lincoln Riley right oh yeah Austin Kendall's right there with Kyler Murray right exactly keep keep them on campus keep them out of the portal Keeping that kind the of opponents thing. on their toes going, okay we're not sure who OSU's going to put out there but we got to prepare you know something like that but not once did you hear in the spring fall camp any anything anything of a quarterback battle happening not once did you hear that up until well what you just said but then, like I said, I thought, well, he's just not wanting to name a starter until the game week. Because I I, just thought, okay, that first press conference of game week, you know, he's going to say, Alan Bowman's our cornerback, and we're going to, you know. But he didn't do that, and the rest is where it's at. Which I think was a bad move. I think we could all agree there. It's just a weird move. Because now it just, it just seems like you wasted – everybody's time for three weeks just to to go to the guy that everyone thought was the guy to start with and so i mean it wasn't alan bowman's fault that that game went the way it went but he played fine against iowa state on saturday yeah how'd he do looking at his 23 for four, four uh 23 of 48 278, two touchdowns, did throw two picks, but but the biggest thing was consistently consistency at the quarterback. He had one guy you knew was going to be back there. Well, and and he actually talked after the game about the difficulties of knowing you've got four series and the different and the difference in the mindset that you go into the game with. You know, he's, you know if, if you if you know you're the guy, like he knew on, on Saturday, apparently. I mean, I, heck, who knows if he knew, but he sure played kind of like it. You can be a little bit more conservative. You know, a throw that you'd never make if you think I've got to, you know, prove I'm the guy. If, if you're given the, the leash to be the guy, all of a sudden you don't mind a punt here and there early on in the game because you're not making some sort of fatal mistake trying to press to stay out on the field. And for it just to go right back to him, that, that's this is the part that doesn't make any sense to me. Is that it just goes right back 
to where everybody thought it was to start with. So what was the point of of what happened with the three guys? I, I don't know if we'll ever know. I don't know if we'll ever get a straight answer of why it went like that. But, yeah, looking right now, it seems like a, a huge mistake not to have Bowman have some sort of continuity with the offense through four games. And, listen, it, it could come a point, and I don't know how far away that is, but at 2-2, two and two, losing the first conference game, you know, if you mess around and, and right now it feels like you probably ought to lose to Kansas State and Kansas, even though it's on your home field, <clears throat> those teams – feel like they're far superior to the pokes right now don't they yeah so yeah, if you go in the state looked really here's that word again physical against Central ucf Fort, yeah. Or, uh, yes ucf and of course kansas they're electric because of their quarterback and it my so my worry is not so much oklahoma state's offense it's their it's defense is stopping that stuff yeah but the offense is what has been the the issue so far and it's still not blocking nobody I mean, they're not. That's part of the reason why maybe you don't want Bowman back there. I mean, he looked – he ran one in, and he, he was able to elude a lot of the pressure, at least from from a sack standpoint. But I don't know that he's making many plays with his legs. But if you get – if you lose to both Kansas schools, now you're 2-4 and four, going to West Virginia. I mean, my, my question is, what point are you punting on this season to start trying to develop somebody for next year? And that somebody clearly has to be Garrett Rangel, right? I've already said they're not going to play Flores because they don't think he's ready, so it can't be the true freshman from Nebraska. But if you're if you're looking at a guy for the future, it's clearly him over the other two, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe you don't want to try that on the road, but then you got Cincinnati and then you got Oklahoma coming to Stillwater, and that gives the last five games of the year to try to do that. I, I just... At some point, I'm afraid that's where this is headed. Back to the quarterback situation, it's could it it is incredibly confusing and and I would say frustrating for OSU fans because you know that a quarterback, you know, they like to they don't want to know. Well, I only have this series left, and and I think Jim said this late last week where when that happens, you you got a guy going out there trying to make plays to leave a mark. So he might be forcing some bad throws or, or throwing it downfield when he shouldn't be or something like that. You know, you want to find a guy that can find his rhythm. What's frustrating or could be frustrating is this isn't coming from a coach who has a background in defense. This is coming from a guy that took snaps, who was a quarterback, a pretty dang good quarterback for the University of Oklahoma State. That is boggling to me. Right? Shouldn't he think, man? I, you know, I, I'm, I don't want to mess up this guy's rhythm. Yeah, but we've seen. I just don't get it. Sometimes what we've he seen, does, what, what he's thinking about. We have, we've seen consistently over his time at OSU that if there's some sort of quarterback battle or quarterback controversy or whatever you want to call it, he makes horrible choices to start every single time. I don't get it. He though. always screws it up. I know. I just don't understand it because he was a quarterback, pretty good offensive. Mind Let me ask you this. Times. Let me ask you this: Is he putting too much stock into what he's seeing on the practice field and not enough stock what he sees when the lights come on? Because there is there are definitely people that 
do better when the yeah. pressure is on and the game is the game is live versus a practice. But isn't that how we evaluate? Isn't that how coach okay, you know, he's he took some great snaps in practice, made some plays and this is our guy. And may, maybe that's why he went with the 3 cuz he couldn't find cause that. Cuz he, he or, or, well, no, he wanted whatever's well, happening yeah, in practice. Yeah, maybe yeah. he was the other way this time. I want to see what they do when the lights come on. Mm-hmm. And they all did the same. <laughs> they all did about the same. And the problem with that theory is if you're, you know, Bowman got to go first every time. So he's in a different situation than, say, Rand Gale coming in against South Alabama when the game is over in the fourth quarter. It makes it, it if you're going to do that, at least let each of them start a game and then go with somebody. Mm-hmm. That way they all kind of have the same experience and the, and the same pressure on them as the game starts. But it, it's just been just been baffling and there was a lot of is you know the question of is it time to to move on from Mike Gundy I I mean I I don't think there's any doubt it's time to move on from Casey Dunn that ship has sailed and it really should have happened this offseason it didn't but when you look at Oklahoma State's offensive numbers from the time that Mike Gersich moved on and Casey Dunn took that job it is it is just a steady decline to now where it is here. And while while you're at it, you might as well get somebody that could coach guys to block as well. You know, that's the crazy thing is all of a sudden you're you're hearing these names on OSU's offensive line that have been there for a while. And they're not very good. Now some of them have been hurt, you know, there there's different situations, but for uh, an offensive line that has over 100 starts combined, that one's not very good. Yeah, You know where else is in one very good? Right down the road at Oklahoma. Their offensive line has not done what anybody thought it would do. The Sooners do get a win, 20-6 to at Cincinnati. You know, I think this is maybe, – maybe it's just the, the way last season went and you sort of got used to – to losing those close games or what looked like they're but th- this is another game that feels like a loss a year ago but because of the defensive improvement Oklahoma wins this one a, a lot like SMU where Oklahoma ends up winning the game by two touchdowns covering the spread when it went off I mean it, it's it's pretty crazy how you know in a 14 point win coming off a six and seven season how much griping there still is about the way that Oklahoma won this game I think that's I think that comes more from the younger part of the fan base that has never seen good defense Mm -hmm. in their whole lives they've never seen what a good defensive team looks like and now they're seeing it and they don't like it because shiny points shiny points shiny points Mm -hmm. for me give me 20 to 6 over 49 35 all day long 100% well, the the stat was awesome. Uh, with what Cincinnati, they had it. How many possessions? Well, like fourteen. I mean, they muster up six points. Uh, the takeaways were were crucial. The one in the end zone and the the tip drill interception. And it as that game wore on, it felt really good to have that feeling of, well, Cincinnati got it back, but good luck. Because the def- the the defense is 
it's one of those getting stronger as the game goes on and on. It just felt like they were just getting better and better. And that, yeah, you're having success moving the ball here and there, but the defense was bend, not break. And it's nice to have that little bit of a feeling back. Like there's a possibility of a really good defense at Norman. They look like they just, and Toby was saying this before we were cut off. It looks like that they all know what they're doing. That's it. <coughs> That's a hundred percent it because listen, it's a it's a bunch of the same dudes out there, yeah. As it was last year. Now there's there's some there's some different guys. I get it in in spot duty or maybe a position here or there that that are making a difference. But for the most part, it's a lot of the exact same guys making plays that they didn't make a year ago. And I think a big part of that is they're not thinking; they're just playing. They're just reacting, and that's why it looks like they're playing so much faster than they ever did a year ago. I mean, look at Stutzman. Stutzman's the leader for the buckets at the moment. For, uh, I mean, for sure I was, on, I was, I didn't even have that in my mind. I was about to ask a question, All-American? Yeah, for sure, like an All-American yeah. guy at, at the Playing moment. Playing at, at an All-American level after four games. Absolutely. Uh, it, there's, and, you know, he's a guy that, when you think about a year ago, yeah, he was making, led the conference in tackles, but they were also five or six yards down the field. We We got a preview of this from him, at least, in that Florida State game, in the Cheez It Bowl a year ago, where he was flying around, it was like those extra. You always hear this, no matter what bowl you in bowl season, you always hear how important those fourteen practices are. A lot of times, it's for the young guys to catch up. But I think everybody, after one year in, in Venable system, everybody was kind of a young guy, and so those fourteen practices were huge for everybody to get up to speed. And he has taken that torch and ran with it. I mean, he just – he looks incredible. And especially compared to where he was a year ago, it's like it's almost not the same guy. And I'll tell you this. You, you, can, you can talk about not, want, not, not paying attention to stars when, when, in recruiting. You, you can say all that you want to. But there are two guys out there that look different – than anybody's OU, OU's had in a long time at their positions. One of them is Peyton Bowen. That dude knows what he's doing already as a true freshman. And the other one is P.J. Adebowore. He, he does something incredible from the defensive end spot every single game. This one was about a half step away from a sack fumble about, the, about midfield where he's coming from the backside of, of Emory Jones. But those two guys, that that is what it looks like. That is what the defenses in the conference you're going to have yeah. littered yeah. all over their all over their defenses, right? Is mm-hmm. those guys I mean, and I, I think much like I mean, I'm not saying he's on this level, but it feels like the trajectory of PJ kind of mirrors what we saw with Harold Perkins a year ago at LSU, meaning he gets more snaps, he gets more snaps, and sooner sooner or later he's going to do something to really wreck a game for the other offense. Mm-hmm. Because in, in the very, very, very few snaps he gets, he's almost doing it anyway. We saw him have a sack and a tackle for loss against Tulsa that play the other day where he was just – I mean, it was like – did Gus and and Joel even prepare for that game? Did they not sound disinterested to be there? 
Well, it, it's like w- they didn't care. Like he he literally had never seen that name on that play where Adebowale came and almost got the sack and kind of I think he maybe even affected the throw with the hit. And it was like it was like he looked down and it was the first time he ever saw that name. Adebowale, like he was sounding it out, right? You know, like like he had the pronunciation like his, there, and he was sounding it out right there on well, the. Sometimes air. he enunciates where you know when he, you know, like when uh, Ronnie Anderson would, Mister Anderson. Yeah. It, this it wasn't, wasn't that. that. No, 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 no. This was. Oh, oh, I never saw that name before. Right. They they did not sound interested to be there. I didn't think so either. Shows you how much of a. Never mind. I didn't think so either. Uh, but Oklahoma wins. Oklahoma wins pretty comfortably. I mean, it, it's what's weird, and maybe that. That means like you you feel like that offense is, or I'm sorry, the defense is is actually improving because even though it's twenty to six, and even though Cincinnati would move the ball every now and then just a little bit down the field, I never felt for one second like Cincinnati was going to win that game. Exactly. I just figured OU's defense is going to stop them. Exactly. Like yeah, I said, I, yeah. I, it was really it's the way that game went. You're just like, not the defense is here. De- and I got more texts, and I'm like, man, I think we got a defense. I think we finally got a defense. I'm like, oh, pump the brakes. Let's wait till Texas. But, well, still. But, yeah. It, but, it, but that's it, the thing, though. That's the thing with the defense where the where we, I know that's what everybody's feeling is. But pump the pump the brakes my butt. They were they would have given up who knows how many yeah. points of that Cincinnati. You know what I'm saying? No, I know what you're Just saying. Just for that side of the ball. It's the least points they've given up in 20 years through four games. And I guess that's why going into this game I was worried. Because that is a game they lose if the defense doesn't show up, right? Yeah. They and and the defense showed up. You know, offensively people are all over Levy. Levy can't throw the ball for Dylan Gabriel. He had three chances to make touchdown plays and he screwed all three of them up. Hit those, it's forty one to six. Anybody griping? Anybody griping about the play calling? No. Everybody's going, hmm. Maybe OU's better than we thought. Around the country, man, that the uh Florida State Early same time as Oklahoma game. I had a Cle- feeling. I had a real good feeling about that when I thought Clemson might do it. I said that was one of my things that wasn't true. Clemson's demise when we talked about it last mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. Clemson has a twenty four seventeen lead and they're driving down to to essentially end the game. And that sack fumble, Florida State picks it up, goes and scores, tying it at twenty four instead of it being thirty one to seventeen. And then. Cool story with the walk with the kicker guy that had a job in New York. Dabo brings him back. Would have been a cool story if he wouldn't have missed from twenty nine yards. That would have, I mean, who knows how the game ends up if Clemson makes that field goal. But you've got twenty seven twenty four lead with a minute forty left. You might end up, you know, that might be the difference. <clears throat> and then those Florida State receivers, holy Moses. They're just big and strong, and that catch Keon Coleman made in the corner of the end zone in overtime was just awesome. And Florida State wins. So now they've got what? Neutral site win against LSU, road win at Clemson. Probably the two best. Probably if you if if you want to say who's got the two best wins in the country, I mean, not each of them aren't the best individually, but combined, mm-hmm. it's hard to find anybody more than Florida State. No, that's that's pretty fair. <clears throat> Can't th- I mean a lot of people have good one wins, you know. But that's a good one. Those are good ones. Uh, Notre Dame, Ohio State. What a fun game. Was everything you hoped it would be. Notre Dame just couldn't quite. They had chances in that last drive on defense, dropping a pick, 
that would have sealed the game off. Credit McCord, Colin McCord, young uh, first-year quarterback for Ohio State, down there on third and 19, having to make a play and not just forcing it to Marvin Harrison. I thought that was the story of the game. Notre Dame did a really good job on Marvin Harrison, and Kyle McCord took what they gave him. And what they gave him was Ekma and Bouquet. And he kept on hitting him and kept on hitting him. And he did right there play of the game to get him down a first down, down at the one. And Notre Dame has 10 dudes on defense on the last play of the game. How does that happen? Did they have a timeout? No, they had called they, the last timeout. They used that last timeout, so nobody had. I but know they, Ohio State did. But they, they called the time. It. They called the timeout before the before. Yeah, so they came out of the out of the timeout with ten dudes. Yeah, you're right. Twice, twice, twice in a row. It's as soon as they so they threw it down there close, clocked it. Then on so to been on second down, Notre Dame looks at the formation, calls timeout. So they still have one left. Ohio State throws it with seven seconds left, incomplete. Then Notre Dame sees what they come out in again and calls timeout. It still only had ten, and they lose by they lose just at the buzzer. The question is, how good is Ohio State, man? I, I to me, I come out of that game. It's a gutsy win. Ryan Day made an ass out of himself. Picking on an old man, an eighty-something geriatric year old man. I didn't get that. What was going on there? He uh, Lou Holtz said they're kind of soft or whatever, and so he just goes off on Lou Holtz. I didn't realize Lou Holtz was a, still a thing. Is he working anymore? Uh, somebody asked him just because it's Notre Dame, I, I guess. I, anyway, that was just ridiculous. Like, okay, but they were tough. He, he's right about one thing: they were tough, and they found a way to win that game. Which, you know, he he said something about oh, we we played one bad quarter two years ago against Michigan. What about last year at half uh, in the second half when they beat you like 31-6 to six on your home field? I'd say that's two bad quarters as well. I mean, he's pretty he's pretty hard to like, Ryan Day. Yeah. <clears throat> then maybe he's just starting to feel pressure that Michigan coaches have felt for all these years since he, since he finally lost to him a couple of times. But big win by Ohio State. I mean, I, I, I but I walked away from that game thinking, Notre Dame's better than them. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. At least but, that but night. But I, I going in, and, and Scott asked me, who do you like in this one? I said, man, this has Notre Dame's written all over it, right? They're at home. It's at night. They're going to wear the all-green uniforms, yeah. which look awesome, by the way. I love that. Yeah, uniform. he was on Pat McAfee. That's right. I, I, I knew he was uh, with okay. somebody, and it was Pat McAfee. Slaring who was on with Pat McAfee. Yeah. That had been a fun listen to. But um, I, I, I said, man, I just can't go away from Ohio State. Like, the Ohio State. Every time I want to pick against one of those blue bloods like Ohio State or Bam or even Clemson, and Clemson almost proved me right too, they always pull one out. And there's Ohio State pulling one out of the fire, getting a win. Such a fun game for me as a college football fan because I had no rooting interest in it. <clears throat> I just saw a top ten matchup, and they give us a great game. It was. Unlike, unlike – Colorado and Oregon. Yeah, but who didn't see that coming? <laughs> right, exactly. Who didn't see that yeah, coming? Exactly. I mean, Dan Lanning. You know, this great is, post pregame speech. It's fun to listen. That's fun. So, um, uh, this is going to make me mad as the week goes along because there's going to be the, the because of that speech, because of people around the country, yeah, reacting to Dion in, in Colorado getting blown out. It's already started a little bit by the by the sports media. 
and by I'm going to guess by Tuesday or Wednesday we're going to have a we're going to have a column by somebody. It could be Dan Woken, it could be Dennis Dodd, Dennis Dodd, it could be 100%. He- Heather Denich. It'll be one of these idiots that will come out with an article claiming that the college football universe, the college, fo- the country that is college football, that has zero rooting interest for Oregon or Colorado, rooting so hard for Oregon, is racist. Just hide and watch. It's already starting. No, no, no. It's, it wasn't that. It wasn't. And what Dan Lanning was saying had nothing to do with race. It was everything to do with they want somebody to see him on social media. We want somebody to see us holding up trophies. That's what that meant. And they went out and proved. I mean, have you. The only time I can think of a situation like this in a game that's kind, of, that's kind of built up the way this game was built up. Now, the one I'm thinking of wasn't built up near as much around the country as this one was. But a dude running a fake punt, snapping it from his own, what, 10, 12? And, of course, it worked because nobody's expecting it, was when Stoops did it against A&M his first year. Yeah, that's right. He snapped it like Seth Luttrell, and he ran all the way down the field. Wait, that, that's what that reminded me of. There was no holds barred. They were going to whip them. <clears throat> and uh, and they did. And they absolutely beat them down. What about this week? Is this the last week that we have to endure big noon kickoffs in Colorado for a while? Yeah. Yeah. Have we seen a number yet? They're there. Uh, a spread? No. I'm talking about the over-under. 73 and a half. That's it? Yep. Keep in mind. It, well, yeah, you think it might be more because USC can't USC's tackle. USC's not. Yeah, they're, they they're scoring tackle. more than six on USC. Yeah, they can't tackle. Colorado will score points. It's and USC home. may score 60. Exactly. The final score might be 60 to 55. 60 to 40 or yeah, something. Yeah, it might be like OU Texas Tech. Yeah, but this is the the and I said this going into the Oregon game. This is the start of everyone jumping off the bandwagon, and this might be the complete uh, uh, exodus of fans of, of of the bandwagon fans. I'll tell you who because I- that's America. I mean, people like the cool, flashy thing, uh-huh. and who's winning, and when that winning stops, people will move on. It's it's a sad reality. So, well, and I, and I think Dion was really good after the game, and I think what he said, I actually probably agree with. You better get me right now. He says the right things. I mean, he's not a he's not better get me BSing right now. Yeah, yeah, he's saying the right things. Because once he gets some more dudes in there, that may not happen anymore. Yeah. Uh, what else? I'll tell you who's good. I'll tell you who's good. Who's good? Washington, at least on the offensive side. Michael Penix is good. Yeah, uh, um, Traber has said this a lot, and I agree with him, that if someone wants to hire a coach, hire Washington's offensive coordinator. I forget his name, but he said he's a guy that's kind of Scrubs or something like that? Yeah. So that's the guy you want to go get. Because things are, well, if you fire Gundy, who are you going to hire? Well, I know who you should hire. You want offense back in Stillwater, you give this guy a call. But it might be too late. He might be the first guy that's hired in the offseason. If he keeps rolling like that, yep. 
and Penix Jr. A lot of people putting them up in the high. I was, yeah, Ryan I, Grubb. I was circling that guy as a watch. This guy as a Heisman contender. Yeah, no, I needed I needed Sam Hartman for like one more touch. He needed to be the one that won the game at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Instead, you know, he hit the pass to go ahead, but it was too early. He just kind of they needed to win that game. Yeah, Duke. How about that? Finally going to Duke with uh, game day. First time ever. Is that where and game day is at? Game day is Notre Dame, Notre Dame at Duke. Oh, that, that's good. Good. I wondered if it might be in Arlington – or uh, not Arlington, excuse me, Austin. But I think that might be reserved for next week. Yeah. For OU Texas. I believe that's correct. If they both take care of business, and they should. Although I'll be watching that Kansas-Texas game. But Texas looked good, too, against Baylor. Texas looked very, very good against Baylor. Yeah. Very good. And um, – I thought Kansas looked really good against BYU. They did. They they had adversity, you know. BYU was fighting them. And they, they – Kansas looked solid. And Alabama looked good. Yeah. I, I two really – Two touchdown win over Ole Miss. I That's, really thought Ole Miss was going to win that game. I had – I was saying this, too. I had the whole – you just don't go into Tuscaloosa, but maybe I need to be telling myself that because Texas did. Texas did. So, <clears throat> but maybe Alabama's figured some things out. Went that's, back to that's the, their. Oh, I know it's early. That's their best win, and they look good doing it. They look like Alabama. Yeah, against the, a good L, Ole Miss team. The Not first Texas. half, the first half felt like Ole Miss should have been way further ahead, and they gave up opportunities. They just didn't didn't take advantage. And then Alabama came out and punched him in the I mouth. I just think there's still that kind of like that pressure of okay, okay, we. It, but it's Alabama, you know. They see, we might actually beat Alabama. We might get them. Come on, mm-hmm. guys! And then they, they just didn't happen. Buck it up, yeah. Jackson Dart started running for his life a little bit. Alabama cranked up the pressure on defense, and and Milrow did just enough. He's not great, but he did just enough. He, he did plenty enough actually to to go ahead and win the game. Now, it takes a little bit of the shine. Off of what was coming this week with LSU and Ole Miss, with Ole Miss losing that mm-hmm. game, thought LSU kept on, keeping on. Arkansas is pretty good. That BYU win over Arkansas is going to look better and better as the season wears on. I think that was a heck of a game. That was a physical battle with good quarterback play. KJ Jefferson. I was kind of down on him at the first of the year. He's pretty good. He really is. We know yeah. who's really good at quarterback this week if like they give out a player of the week award. Who? I know it was Mississippi State, but Spencer Rattler was Yeah, Rattler was really good. Not bad. Games this week. We got a good one on Friday. Maybe keep one eye on. Yeah, yeah. Utah at Oregon State. Beaver just got way too far behind. They a great comeback trying to catch Wazoo. Just too far behind. That's a good game. My Nittany Lions, I was the one that was on Penn State. They're rounding into form. You mentioned KU in Texas. LSU, Ole Miss, Notre Dame, Duke. Those are kind of your your games of the week this week. And I promise you, Tennessee is one – speaking of Rattler, Tennessee will be wanting to put a yeah. beat down on South Carolina after what happened there last year. Yep. Rattler throwing for six touchdowns. South Carolina just embarrassed Tennessee. Heupel will score 100 if he can. (laughs) When we come back, 
Did the NFL even play games yesterday? <laughs> we were sitting around the office one day and tried to explain what Western Oklahoma Realty was. If you had to put it in a dictionary, what would you get? What kind of definition you would get? I think I said, is it, what about, were people before property? Well, it means that you put uh, the, the person that you're working with or the family that you're working with, you put their interests first. Uh, you uh, make sure that you find the right property for them at the price that they can afford and make sure that uh, you take good care of them through the process. For all your real estate needs, give Western Oklahoma Realty a call at 225-6271. The Skinny on Sports. Woo! Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Yeah, going over a little BD cup. Tomfoolery by me. Everybody knew it was going to rain on Friday. I had my wind pants in my possession, left them at home. Had my rain jacket in my bag on the trip, left it at the house. I was a wet pup <laughs> when we got back, thanks to Double D, Diamond Dave. What a great time. I mean, a great time. Good group. I know you're having a good time. I would text you once while, and I got no response. Like, well, he's too busy for me. I got text you as your brewers clenched. Yeah, I you know that's the one thing I didn't pay a ton of attention to. Was baseball? Was the baseball over the weekend? I had a whole bunch of, uh, like I said, I, I mean I sat there from you know the OU game was probably done when we got back to the house about maybe three when the golf was over. Yeah. Matter of fact, we were watching the. Uh, well, I mean the beauty of the like you know the phones now. The ability to stay in touch. We were watching the finish to the Florida State Clemson game on the phones. Yeah, on the way back. So that's we got there for pretty much the entirety of the two thirty slate. Like Alabama Mississippi was about five minutes old. Like three to nothing. I think we saw Ole Miss score to make it seven to three at the house. So I mean, we watched basically from then until halftime. I didn't stick out the USC game. I got tired. I went to bed at halftime and had to check the final later on. Yeah. But with three TVs, you can catch a bunch of college football. Oh, yeah. And that's what I did. So, yeah, I, I saw – that was the most – that may that was for sure the most I've seen all year. Yeah, I've been um, – Because it seemed like there's been something going on. I've been having to go back and watch either mm-hmm. replays or highlights because I've been hooked up every – feels like every Saturday and next Saturday. But you know what? The the first Saturday, I won't have absolutely anything to do. Oh, you Texas Saturday. Yeah, I don't either now <laughs> because the Dream League got moved. It did. Yeah, because of the flea market. Oh, that's right. That's right. Is that weekend. So, so you want to do this or the 30th? No, this I'm Saturday? going. No, I can't. You sure? I'm positive. Okay. What's there for you? Nope. I've got a uh, golf tournament playing on Saturday morning supporting the uh, golf boosters at Elk City. It's also named after my dad, so I can't hardly miss that one. No, I think you should be there. <clears throat> no, but I'm uh, the 14th, I believe. October 14th is now my day. Oh, so they just moved it back a week. Moved it back, and then they had the one from the weather the other day. Mm-hmm. So I think there's one the 21st as well. Uh, NFL, gosh, Dallas, that was awful. Yep, moving on. Just awful. <laughs> I mean, there are reasons, or you can even say excuses, uh, that if you want to be made. 
and th- that can happen. I mean, well, you can listen. use those excuses against better teams. To yeah, lose but it to. doesn't matter. That's the point of the NFL, though. If you don't have three of your five starting offensive linemen on your team, you can lose to anybody because of just the nature of the NFL. And uh, what's the coach? Gannon, Arizona's coach. Uh, yeah, Jonathan Gannon. Where'd he come from? Philly. I'll tell you. He was on Philly's coaching staff last year. Ah. Who do the Cowboys have the hardest time stopping outside of San Francisco? Philly. Why? Because they'll just run it down their throat. And that's exactly what happened. And it's something that you and I, when we've talked about where to rate Dallas and where they are in the league, the, the concern, there's still two concerns that reared their ugly head yesterday. One, can they stop somebody running it right down their throat? And yesterday the answer was once again no. And two, is Dak good enough to go win a game when everything around him isn't perfect? And again, yesterday the answer was no. Now, he, I mean, he threw the pick at the end. Dallas is, if you want to blame something, blame run defense and also blame just horrific red zone offense. It got masked a week ago because of the beatdown that they put on the Jets. And they were able to – it didn't matter that they had to kick five field goals just because the Jets couldn't do anything on offense because Zach Wilson is awful. But this week, when you needed touchdowns in the red zone, they were terrible again. Two for six last week and what, one for six this week? So it's three out of the last 12 scoring touchdowns in the red zone? You can't win that way. And – you know, McCarthy probably didn't realize they were going to have four more chances. And when he when he went for it, it was probably a bad choice to go for it. At the time, I was going, hmm, this doesn't, this doesn't make sense. 21-13, still the third quarter. Probably kick the field goal there and make it 21-16. Then you end up having to kick a field goal the next time you get down there. But then all of a sudden it's 21-19. A little bit different situation. But the, the O-line, listen, it's almost expected – if you don't have three starters on the offensive line, that that is immense in that league. Yes. I mean, it's yeah. an immense problem. But I understand what you're saying. It's still Arizona. It's still a team that looked lifeless. These Cowboys couldn't stop them running the football, and that negates what's great about that defense. And that is getting you in those third and longs and just coming after your passer. They can do it as good as anybody. But if you're constantly second and two with 12-yard runs, then that that takes that part of it away. And that's what Arizona did great yesterday. And Josh Dobbs did plenty. He wasn't spectacular, but he's pretty good. He was accurate. Didn't do nothing stupid. And Dallas lost. Now they got to get everything back together and see what they can do. I just – I mean, it's – they can still have a really good season, but it's hard for me to imagine losing somebody like Diggs and you still being able to win the Super Bowl, which is the goal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's a huge loss. Yeah, absolutely it is. Whether or not you have your entire offensive line hurt or not, that's still – even if you're healthy, that's a huge, huge hole that it's just it's so hard to fill, losing him to a non-contact practice injury. It's just unbelievable. Drew texts me right after it happened. I was just like, you got to be kidding me. Just the way of the Cowboys right now. You saw my reaction. I think I, I t- 
text something to you, Andrew. And I thought, well, here we go. This is every year, every every <clears throat> dang year. And it, and you know, it's not just the Cowboys. The injuries happen to everybody. Right. What about Miami? Holy crap! Is that more of uh, Miami or Denver? I think it's both. But man, Miami, it's, they've been putting up points on to not quite to that extent. I mean, obviously, it's second most points, second most yards. They could have kicked a field goal to, to the most points ever. Now that that offense is, it, it's just rolling, and that's what makes it so hard about, you know, kind of picking what they're going to be doing, right? Because if Tua can play, Miami's awesome. We all know it. Yeah. They're going to win, but that's that's the huge if. Like, this can all go away next week against Buffalo on one play. That, that's, it's like the high wire act, right? <laughs> it can all go away at a moment's notice. But, man, right now, they are rolling. And this is why I hate fantasy football. <laughs> you, you know who is on our bench, me and Possums? Who? That A-chain. The one that caught two touchdowns, ran for two touchdowns, oh. had fifty-one point three points. When you watch him, the watch him on Monday Night Football against the Pats, that Ahmed gets hurt. I'm thinking, okay, and we've actually played him last week because Mostert. They talked about him maybe not playing. Yeah, and they're down to only him and Mostert last week against the Pats. He's not out there. They will not play him. And then yesterday he runs for 200, catches two touchdowns, and literally scores 50 on our bench. Fantasy football gods were not smiling upon Possum and I. There's no guarantees in fantasy. It's such a crapshoot sometimes. One week you got a guy that does that. Yeah, and then next week you got to play him. He won't do anything. Oh, oh, he was really good last week. Play him. And then you go into the analytics of it. Well, this person always does really good against these type of defenses, especially if they're ranked 20th or lower in this and pass protection or whatever. Well, that type of defense didn't or, and, exist yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> wow, Denver. You think Sean Payton's second-guessing his decision to quit? Oh, man. Making multi-millions being an analyst? Uh, Yikes. What to do in Denver? Figure out a way to... Maybe they're on their way to the number one pick. Who knows? They got a they got a they got a Russell Wilson problem. There's a simple well, they're paying him too much. Yeah, that's it. That's the problem. Games tonight, Philly, Tampa Bay. Yeah. See if, see if the Baker Mayfield thing is real against Philly. And then also the Rams and Cincinnati. Two pretty good games. Do you like the two? Monday night games? Honestly, no. I don't. Maybe I need two TVs like you guys had, or three TVs. But no, I, I don't. I like one. It's like kind of it's oversaturation for me. I want to see just one. Like that's the game of the week. Like Sunday night is the Sunday night game of the week. You tune in to watch it, whoever it is. I do the same. Maybe I'm old school, but I like this one game. See, I but here's why I like back it. and forth. But wasn't there a time like one time they tried to do this where they had like an East Coast game? They started like at six or five or something like that, 
and then as soon as that game was over, they started a West Coast yeah, game. Yeah, see, this is way better than that. You like them be- on, on t- or overlapping? Yeah, well, it's just an hour. There's I mean, like an hour difference, mm-hmm. yeah. And it gives you a chance to actually, because th- these games will get lost in the shuffle at noon on Sunday, and they're two pretty good games. Mm-hmm. It does give you an opportunity. No blackout involved, so it does give you an opportunity That's to right. see more teams than you would. I get that. You get more of it, maybe a choice. Well, I like for me, I know my brother-in-law is a big Cincinnati fan. He doesn't get the NFL ticket, so this gives him an opportunity to see his team play. But maybe, but we as and if it's a blowout, you can turn it to the other game, right? And we as uh, you know, we're interested in Baker versus Jalen, and is it real in Tampa Bay? Is Philly still good? Yeah, Philly could take a lead here. Very interesting. But I think I just, I just, maybe I don't like channel surfing. Maybe I just want to. That's why you watch the Manning cast. Are they watching both? That's a great question. Are they just watching the ESPN game? Probably the ESPN. I didn't pay attention to that last week. I didn't either. Whoa. I didn't either. All right, everybody have a great Monday. I have all kinds of stuff coming up tomorrow good thing that sneezing didn't happen during the whole show (laughs) you've been listening to the skinny on sports podcast with aaron cow be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available thanks for listening that ball is blistered to right way back goodbye hi everybody this is david osterlow many of you know me because i ran a retail business in elk city for over 30 years That's where I learned that if you take care of your customers, they will take care of you. So when it was time to look for a career in real estate, I wanted to land someplace that had the same principles. Western Oklahoma Realty seemed like a natural fit. Putting people before property is the same as taking care of your customers. Since I've been at Western Oklahoma Realty, I've come to understand that is how they do business. People before property is not just a hashtag, it's a way of taking care of customers. When you are looking for your next home, we will find a place that your family can call home. When you are going to sell your current home, we will find a buyer that loves your place as much as you do. Western Oklahoma Realty, where putting people before property is a way of life. Come see us at 602 West 3rd Street. We are in the historic greenhouse on the hill, one block west of Homeland. Or you can check out our website, westernoklahomarealty.com, or even call us at 580-225-6271.